Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for checking out this podcast. Remember, it's presented by Minnesota's very own Ticket King. If you're looking for tickets for an upcoming game or event at TCF Bank Stadium, Target Center, or XL Center, visit TicketKingOnline.com or the link from the 1500ESPN.com sports calendar page. Ticket King has all your tickets for hockey and basketball, plus all the concerts, all the theaters, and at all venues. And Ticket King can take care of you for out-of-town concerts, sporting events, and more. Call 612-341-4141 or visit TicketKingOnline.com. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present Bonus Chatter. Bonus Chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. Go get that first down and get a touchdown. Rock em, suck em. Welcome to a new episode of the Purple Podcast. My name is Andrew Kramer. I want to thank you for joining as episode 120 is going solo. Came in Monday morning, found out Judd Zolgad, Derek Wetmore, my normal co-hosts, are both in Florida covering twin spring training, and it just wasn't uh, financially... I, I brought this to their attention. I said, hey, why don't you guys send me down to Florida? Uh, I can do the podcast with them, and then you'll just send me right back You know, a day or a couple days later. Um, that pitch didn't make it very far up the ladder. Uh, so here I am bringing you a solo Purple Podcast. We're going to talk some uh, free agency winners. Uh, this is the season, the spending season where teams sell hope. And I hope you heard the air quotes around the terms winner. And then we're going to continue on with maybe what the Vikings uh, could do. Had a piece up on 1500ESPN.com looking at their free agency options, uh, comparing it with their history, engaging maybe what you could expect out of them once free agency opens on March 9th. Uh, And then we'll end with a mailbag, answering some of your questions about the Vikings draft, free agency, what I learned from the Combine, and much more. First off, free agency winners. Every year, it works. It works, people. You buy into it. And I'm not speaking to you Vikings fans uh, because you haven't had to buy into it for some time. Uh, That's not how Rick Spielman, the general manager, runs things over at Winter Park. Uh, That's not how the Vikings have done things. They build through the draft. They develop. And if they're going to overpay anybody, it's going to be somebody on their own team, somebody they know well. Um, And and so when you look now at this offseason, it's not going to be, even though the salary cap rose by $12 million, uh, you've got some teams that have to reach a spending floor, uh, meaning they have to spend a lot of money. Uh, I, I, you just don't see the talent that's available uh, this time around, whereas maybe last year an Adamican Sioux <laughs> garnered uh, a whale of a deal. 
Um, you don't see that this time. Malik Jackson in Denver might be able to command a solid chunk of money. Bruce Irvin uh, with Seattle uh, might be able to find some good money uh, somewhere. But other than that, uh, you look at who's the top quarterback, possibly Brock Osweiler. Um, you're just not going to see that much money being thrown around. But hope is still going to be sold. Go back and look at some of the top jersey sales from last spring. Uh, and this is after the draft. So including the draft, including free agency, I think it was the, the month of May I'm looking at here. Some of those top jersey sales included guys like DeMarco Murray, Ndamukong Sue, even Tim Tebow, because you football fans have a sense, a sense of humor, and I, I appreciate that. Um, those free agency guys, it works. Teams sell hope. Uh, you buy, people buy into it, and it rarely, rarely, rarely ever works. This is from Business Insider. When you go ahead and look at uh, the top five spending free agency teams in 2015, compared to the bottom five spending teams in uh, free agency-wise in 2015. Top five last year went Jacksonville, New York Jets. They went 10-6. and six. That's respectable. Uh, I, would, I would say Todd Bowles had a little bit more to do with that. Miami Dolphins, Philadelphia Eagles, and the Tennessee Titans. Now, those teams, all of them, combined for zero playoff appearances last year. You could argue the Jets, uh, obviously, were on that bubble. Bottom five, Packers, Steelers, Lions, Panthers, Vikings. Four playoff appearances between those five. Obviously, the Detroit Lions being the odd man out in that group. Um, So what's the difference there? Uh, One is stability. That's the biggest thing. How many times do you see these free agency winners? Um, Mario Williams is one that actually worked out, but he just got released by the Buffalo Bills after four years. Um, how often do you see them turn around quicker than that, one, two years, and dump them? Uh, that happens every single year because these contracts in the NFL are built as such where they're front-loaded oftentimes, uh, where the back ends aren't guaranteed, and that's just how the system works. Uh, you're, you don't gain stability that way. You're then constantly trying to find somebody else. And, and drafting, developing, extending, you see it work with a lot of teams. You don't see many free agency teams put together. Now, the Denver Broncos were actually a pretty unique example last year. Uh, obviously, Aqib Tlaib being a free agent, Demarcus Ware being a free agent. Uh, it did work for them a little bit, but you have to be smart about it. And you can spend big and be smart at the same time. Though oftentimes those two don't go together. Uh, I don't think that if you asked, you got Stephen Ross and you got uh, a true serum into him. I don't know if he could tell you that that Ndamukong Sue deal was worth it. Uh, just the attention it brought, uh, the coach getting fired halfway through the season. Um, there are certain teams that don't care about the PR storm. That's fine. Uh, Ndamukong has apparently been a, a good guy so, somewhat since he's been down there. Uh, but the production on the field has not been there, fitting into a new system. That's the biggest thing. You expect you're going to copy-paste a player from one team to another. And in the NFL, it just doesn't work that way. Uh, in basketball, it can work that way. you got five aside. Uh, one guy is going to mean a lot more. Um, short of a quarterback, you just it's not going to work that way uh, in free agency. And so now... Uh, it happens every year, though. Twitter, Vikings fans, breathe, calm down. It, it, it'll be okay if they don't get George Iloka. It, I, I expect them to make a run that's been widely reported they're going to. Uh, but if they don't, you had a top five defense with Andrew Sandejo starting 13 games. It'll be okay. Um, so I'll give you a little therapy session there. These free agency winners, my rant, it just it, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. As smart moves count. You're not going to find out if those moves are smart until eight, nine, ten months down the road. Um, and rarely do those giant, giant deals for un- unrestricted free agents, meaning one guy joining a new team, rarely does that work out. And so I just, especially when teams do that as their philosophy, and you see the Dolphins, Eagles, those kinds of teams just can't get it together. 
Uh, so kicking into that, we'll go into the Vikings. How can they address their issues? Now they're, I think without question, their biggest question marks on, on the team have to be the offensive line, the wide receiver position, uh, second safety. I think even linebackers, a dark horse need, because uh, right now outside of Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks, which they're set at for many years to come, they don't have any depth back there. Chad Greenway is going to come back possibly on his one on a one-year deal, be it his farewell. Um, but you can't really expect to get much out of him uh, beyond that. So then what do you have? You have four guys that are free agents, including Chad Greenway, on this team at linebacker between Greenway, Audi Cole, Jason Trusnick, and then Casey Matthews, who they didn't get much out of. They, they're probably going to have to remake their depth through free agency. That's one area where I think the Vikings could be somewhat active uh, in terms of bringing in new blood uh, at linebacker. Uh, they might re-sign a guy like Audi Cole. That's certainly possible because he's been great for them in spot duty and on special teams. Um, but other than that, they're going to have to get new bodies in here because they struggled last year uh, when Chad had to step up really and play a much larger role than anybody anticipated. Um, they have decisions to make first, though, when it comes to the next week free agency opens March 9th Matt Khalil is guaranteed 11 million dollars on that day it's assumed that Adrian Peterson and his 12 million dollars are going to stay on the roster though he is guaranteed seven and a half or I think it's seven seven five of or no it's exactly seven I just remembered he's guaranteed exactly seven of that on March 11th it's assumed he's safe Uh, I don't think the Vikings I don't think Rick Spielman goes through everything they went through last year uh, and the planning phases this year to try and figure out how to mesh him into the offense. He's He showed last year he's still very effective behind a terrible offensive line, um, and there's hope that when you beef up the offensive line, he's going to be that much more effective, and they'll have a full offseason to try and figure out how he can mesh with Teddy Bridgewater. I uh, remember now, uh, last year they just assumed Adrian was going to be able to fit into a shotgun offense. Uh, that was the big thing. And they didn't try him out in the preseason because if he got hurt, then they're the worst coaching staff ever. It makes complete sense. Uh, I don't even think in hindsight you could say it was a bad idea not to play Adrian in the preseason. You find out why it might have been, though, uh, when he goes out there in San Francisco and can't get anything going. Uh, and so that's 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 the biggest thing this offseason is they're going to have that entire time now to try and plan with new minds in the room with Pat Shermer and Tony Sperano. How do you mesh those two together? Uh, that leads me to believe, uh, regardless of rumors, I don't believe Adrian is going anywhere, uh, at least in 2016, to open this new stadium with the Minnesota Vikings. Other decisions that have to be made uh, include Phil Lodeholt, Mike Wallace. Both of those guys are under a lofty contract uh, salary caps for 2016. Um, Mike Wallace at eleven and a half million, Phil Lodeholt at seven point seven five million. Uh, those are two guys that those numbers need to come down if they're going to be on the roster. Um, uh, the Vikings, I think, uh, our own Darren Wolfson reported the Vikings met with Phil Lodeholt's side to discuss just that. How could they bring it down? Uh, and we'll see what that ends up coming out to. Uh, I believe Phil Lodeholt. Uh, would want to stay in Minnesota seeing what this team did last year and especially knowing how much he could help this offensive line. Though it is a question mark with a big man like that coming off a torn Achilles. Um, And then Mike Wallace is an intriguing guy as well. This team at receiver is one that has numbers but not quality. You don't have – right now a a go-to guy has not really been established. We don't know if Stephon Diggs can be that. When he started getting that number one attention last year, he started to struggle. Uh, The the Arizona game comes to mind where Teddy Bridgewater had a career – uh, day yet Stefan Diggs I believe had two grabs against Patrick Peterson on something like seven targets 
So that's another one where you know you've got a player in Stephon Diggs. Just how much of a player is he? Uh, and then what else do you need to add to this receiving core to help Teddy Bridgewater? Uh, they have not lost faith in a guy like Charles Johnson. Uh, and in that same breath, they haven't lost faith haven't lost faith in Cordero Patterson, who has shown little to anything to give you reason to believe he could turn it around and become a polished receiver or just a manageable receiver in 2016. Uh, but you've got to think this coaching staff is going to be willed uh, by Rick Spielman to find a way to manufacture touches for Cordero Patterson uh, in the same way they started to do so for Jarek McKinnon toward the end of last year. Um, outside of that at receiver, you've got Jarius Wright as a great slot option. They're returning all of their all of them um, currently, their contributors from last year. Uh, Wallace could be the odd man out, obviously, if they can't come to some kind of an agreement. Um, but I expect them, though, to address that position in the draft. Uh, you look at the free agent options out there at wide receiver, they're not there. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey got tagged, and outside of that, what, Marcus Colston uh, come in for one year, maybe catch a couple jump balls if he can stay healthy? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't see a team doing that, especially like the Vikings, who they, they really do not make it a habit of signing guys at the end of their career like that. Uh, Rick Spielman does not do that. That's not the way he does business. And so I don't anticipate them bringing in a veteran receiver like that, because um, especially when they've got one in Mike Wallace, uh, who they want to keep if they can work on that contract number. Hey, this is Manny Hill from the Ride with Royce. You're listening to the Purple Podcast. Obviously, that means you like the Vikings. Well, if you're also into the Wolves, you should check out the Raised by Wolves podcast, where we talk all things Minnesota Timberwolves. Subscribe to us on iTunes and at the Podcast Center at 1500ESPN.com. So free agency at wide receiver, probably not going to happen. I see them making a couple moves at linebacker uh, with some veterans that are out there, uh, including a couple of former Bengals. Safety is the most intriguing position in free agency for this team right now, especially considering some of the players that are available and seem to uh, seem set to hit the market. Eric Weddle, I don't see it. Uh, 31 years old. Um, he's going to command too much money for what the Vikings are going to be willing to offer, and they've spent the last if you're Rick Spielman, spent the last four years trying to find somebody to start next to Harrison Smith, do you want to bring in a big-money 30-year-old and then start that process over in a couple years down the road? I, I don't see that either. Uh, George Iloka makes way too much sense. I agree with all of you on Twitter. Um, 26 years old, or I think he'll be 26 in June. Um, he's a guy who's got a lot of history uh, with Mike Zimmer, obviously, he's interchangeable. He can play both free safety and strong safety, which is something the Vikings prioritize in their defense. Uh, they like guys to be able to mix and match so you don't know which side is going to be doing what. Um, he's a guy that could come in and do what Mike Zimmer said at the Combine he needs. He needs somebody that could free up Harrison Smith to do more in this defense. Uh, and you just read between the lines, and, and Harrison Smith talked to coaches. Harrison Smith is the kind of guy who's had to cover up a lot of the issues on their back end. And if they can get somebody that they can trust next to him, then you can free Harrison up to do a lot more things. And that's something they're looking to do. George Iloka makes a ton of sense there, but the price, it's all going to come down to the price. Uh, I think Detroit Lions have been reported as interested in him. He's going to have a lot of suitors, but if you're the Vikings, you've got one huge thing going for you. And his name is Mike Zimmer. Um, Mike Zimmer is a player's coach through and through in the sense that when a player walks away from a team, generally uh, they have nothing but good things to say about him. 
Um, he doesn't cater to his players. He's not a player's coach in that sense uh, from people I've talked to, but he is somebody who they respect him. Uh, when all is said and done, uh, they respect him. And George Iloka went on Sirius XM uh, this week and said, I would love to play for Mike Zimmer. And so I think that is one big thing when you're talking about having a coach of that caliber who's already brought his team to a division title in his second year, top five scoring defense, um, brand new stadium, all these things thrown into it. I think the Vikings would have a good package to push across the table to a guy like George Iloka. Uh, and that, I think, if they were to get him, I would expect that to be their biggest uh, free agency acquisition. Uh, Tashawn Gibson is another interesting option there. Tashawn Gibson was a uh, Pat Shermer draft pick when Pat Shermer was the Browns head coach in 2011 and 12. Uh, they took him, I believe, in the second round in 2012 with the Browns. Um, the Browns seem to make it their business to just let everybody walk out of that building. Um, I think Alex Mack was reported as saying he's out of there. Uh, he's another possible option for the Vikings uh, in free agency. I just don't see that one either, considering the fact that he's over the age of 30, has a lot of wear and tear on the tires, and they've got a similar guy right now in John Sullivan. Um, the more intriguing option out of Cleveland on the offensive line is Mitchell Schwartz. The I believe he was their right tackle for the past four years coming off his rookie contract. He is also a Pat Shermer draft pick from 2012. Pat Shermer obviously now coaching the Vikings tight ends. Um, they'll have a lot of connections with these former head coaches on staff now, new connections in knowing what to look for in certain guys in free agency. Uh, Mitchell Schwartz, Tashawn Gibson are two of them. Uh, I expect both of those guys to get a look, though, with this uh, salary cap rising, with the minimum spending floor. They're going to be teams throwing around some decent chunks of money for what could be looked at as mediocre talents or maybe not top-flight talents. Uh, and those are two guys who get could get overpaid. <laughs> More power to them. Uh, I would rather be overpaid than underrated. Um, other free agent O-linemen, I don't see Russell Okung coming here or Alex Boone um, or Osimile, um, Kalechi Osimile from the Baltimore Ravens. He apparently wants to be the highest paid uh, offensive lineman or offensive guard in the league. Uh, the Vikings are not in the business of doing that for outside people. Uh, so that's a pipe dream at best. You got the bargain bin options along the offensive line. That is where I expect the Vikings to hit. Uh, if they are looking for any additional bodies in free agency with the offensive line, uh, you go back and look at their transactions. They have not made many uh, at all multi-year deal commitments to outside uh, free agents along the offensive line. Uh, Charlie Johnson, 2011, uh, they brought him in in August, I believe it would have been, of that year, uh, looking for a left tackle replacement, and he kind of got thrown into there. He signed a three-year deal. But outside of that, they really haven't had many. Um, they bring in one-year guys, the Vlad Dukases, uh, just to try and prove it. They they uh, signed a took a flyer on on that Polish uh, prospect Babatunde Ayagbusi. Uh, I can't believe I can still pronounce that. Um, so those are the kind of things they normally do. Uh, just flyers on guys, prove it deals. Brandon Keith was a guy a couple years ago they did that with. I expect that to happen again. I don't expect them to go out there and say, hey, Mitchell Schwartz, here's a five-year uh, you know, X million dollar deal with all those guaranteed. Uh, that's just not where they're at. The Vikings have uh, about $25 million in cap room right now as it sits with $157 million cap. Um, and that is without adjusting figures for a Mike Wallace, a Phil Lothold. So they've got ways to add to that room. Um, but Rick Spielman has made it clear they're eyeing down the road as well. Uh, they're not going to start signing a bunch of multi-year deals knowing that next year you've got Xavier Rhodes, Sharif Floyd, two first-round picks who will garner contract extensions if everything goes as planned. 
uh, the following year. And then the year after that is already Teddy Bridgewater and Anthony Barr, if you can believe it. Um, so they've got some planning to do. They can't just start throwing around money for multi-years just because they have room right now. And with the state of this offensive line, even as bad as it was, it still just doesn't fit their mold to throw a bunch of money at somebody, even if it is a guy like Andre Smith, uh, the former 10th, I believe, former top 10 draft pick uh, who started a bunch of games at tackle for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I just I don't see that happening. So sorry to get your hopes down. Uh, I started this podcast with a rant on free agency winners, and it's ending with me saying they're not going to go after anybody probably but George Iloka um, or possibly to, to Sean Gibson at safety. I, I just I think that right now what this team needs, they're 11-5. and five. It's not like one piece is going to take them over the top. Um, they need to build on an offensive line. This is a team that's built for the future, and bringing in a stopgap player, whether it's the offensive line or wide receiver, it's just that's not fitting into their long-term plan. Moving forward, the draft is going to be interesting. Picked up a few things at the NFL scouting combine. The Vikings are doing their due diligence on first-round wide receivers or second-round wide receivers, depending on who you talk to. Uh, Josh Doxson was a guy that stood out uh, extremely well uh, in, in, the, in the testing. Obviously, he's 6'4", has 25 touchdowns over the last two years. Uh, in the Big 12, uh, he's that kind of go up and get it receiver. When you look at and go, hey, I didn't, I didn't see that on the Vikings last year. That's something that could possibly uh, come in and help the Vikings. I don't know um, if they're willing to spend the 23rd overall pick, though. Uh, you go back and look at their history. This is a team that just came in and got Stephon Diggs in the fifth round. In this specific wide receiver class, from people I've talked to, this specific draft class is one that is fat in the middle and not very top-heavy. It's not like last year's or the year before where you look at it and go, wow, this is you've got top-flight talent like a Amari Cooper, um, like a Sammy Watkins, but yet you know, you've even got the Stephon Diggs later on in the draft. This is one where you look at it and go, okay, there's some decent value, uh, teams think, in the third, fourth, fifth rounds again, uh, but maybe very few who are uh, worthy of a first or second round pick. And what gives me pause with mocking a wide receiver to the Vikings that early is something like drafting Cordero Patterson 29th overall uh, a couple years ago and then finding Stephon Diggs in the fifth round just last year. Uh, there was reason Stefan Diggs fell, obviously, uh, injury history being a major concern um, and just size in general. Um, but overall, they were able to find great production in that value pick. And when you got a team that really swung and missed on a receiver like Cordero Patterson, moving four picks to New England to move up to get him, uh, you better be dang sure that you know what you have if you're taking a receiver at 23rd overall. Um, and are you sure on Josh Doxson? Uh, the measurables are there. The tools are there. You saw it at the NFL Combine. You saw the physical traits are there. Uh, but what about the competition level? What about who he was going up against? Um, I'm no draft expert. I'm not. I'm not. I don't analyze college football. That's not my job. Um, but I just decided to look at uh, the Big 12's passing defense. Uh, I saw that he caught 14, a career high 14 touchdowns last year. Okay, I don't know much about the Big 12. You don't hear much about it in terms of it being a great football conference other than spread it out, throw it, offense, offense. Turns out they don't play much defense in the Big 12, at least by this metric. Uh, the only top 50, in the, this is all NCAA Division One. the only top 50 pass defense from the Big 12 last year, Oklahoma at number 34. I mean, you had FCS schools that were stopping, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, stopping more quarterbacks than uh, these Big 12 teams. And that, that's a credit to how good some of those offenses are in the Big 12. But at the same time, you didn't have a vaunted defense that was going to stop Josh Doxson very often. 
that's just one little window how I could see them, uh, how I could see a team thinking, ah, maybe the second round will take our chances on a guy like that. Um, other than that, I think the offensive line uh, has got to be something that's in play at 23rd overall. I don't think a guy like Cody Whitehair helped himself very much. I thought his measurables were down. Uh, they could be looking at tackles too. I think tackle is the one area that they really do need to address uh, along that uh, offensive line. You don't know if TJ, what is TJ Clemmings going to give you moving forward? Uh, you're really not sure. The, TJ Clemmings was not supposed to start a single game last year. The Vikings did not expect him to play a single game. Um, but because of all those injuries that went down, uh, specifically John Sullivan's, if it was just Phil Lodeholt, TJ Clemmings still would not have played a single game because they would have moved Mike Harris out to right tackle, put Joe Berger at right guard, and that would have been a much better offensive line. John Sullivan's injury really threw them for a loop there, and they were forced to start T.J. Clemmings and and Carter Bykowski going down, who was a guy they thought could be a swing tackle option as well. Um, so they've got a lot of got a lot of young guys that they want to get more looks at. Um, but with Matt Khalil kind of unsteady and not knowing what you're going to get beyond this year, um, if he's on the roster with that fifth year option, I think you got to start looking at other possible long term options and bring some of those guys in. So I think offensive line could very much be in play uh, in the first round. Uh, and that's kind of what I picked up at the NFL scouting combine for the Vikings. And you might say, yeah, no crap. Um, all right, guys, let's transition into a mailbag. Got some questions for you guys from you guys. A lot of them being regarding free agency, which is good. Which is good. We're following a calendar, a timeline. I like that. This one's from Adam. Will the Vikings retain Mike Harris or go after a guard in free agency? Uh, well, we just kind of went through. I don't expect them to go through a guy like Ravens, uh, Kalichi Osimli, I believe his name is pronounced, if I just completely butchered that. Um, I don't expect them to go for a top-flight guy like that. They could bring in a, a prove-it guy, a, a bargain bin option on a prove-it deal. That's certainly possible. But Mike Harris showed them a lot last year uh, in 16 starts at guard. And it was the first time I think Mike Harris has started a full season anywhere, and especially at guard, which he hadn't played since high school, if ever. Showed him a lot there, had the feistiness, the toughness, brought the mentality that Mike Zimmer likes on his offensive lineman. And I imagine Tony Sperano will like it too. Uh, which means I think Mike Harris will be brought back. I think he'll be one of their priority guys. He'll, I think he'll be this year's Joe Berger that they really look to bring back uh, for the offensive line. Because um, without him, then they're addressing a tackle spot, right guard spot, wondering about Brandon, Brandon Fusco's future. Um, at that point, I think you need to bring back one of the few guys that played well for you, and Mike Harris is one of those guys. So, yes, I do expect them to retain Mike Harris over going after a guard in free agency. Uh, another one from Adam. Are the Vikings committed to Fusco starting? Now, this is a team that just signed Brandon Fusco to a four-year, twenty-some uh, million dollar deal a couple years ago. Um, he's cuttable, but I don't expect them to do that. Uh, Brandon Fusco's deal, I believe, only carried with it six million in guaranteed money. Most of that's already been paid out. Um, he's that, that contract is flexible for the team, but he's young enough and he has shown in the past that he's capable enough that they should bring him in and continue to work on him at left guard. Um, I don't think because of a terrible, it was his worst season. It really was. It was his worst season last year as a pro. Um, I still don't think that's going to be enough for them to try and hit the reset button, especially considering the other question marks they have. It's the same point I just made about Mike Harris. Uh, so I don't know if they're committed to him starting. I don't think they're committed to anybody starting on this offensive line. That's how bad it was. Uh, they're not going to sit there and say, yep, Brandon Fusco's our left guard no matter what. 
Uh, they're not. They're going to see how it shakes out in camp and competition. Uh, that's something that players, too, when you talk to former players, that's something they really respect about a Mike Zimmer coaching staff, uh, at least when he ran defenses in Cincinnati and Dallas. They really like the fact that he is never pencil- or penning in people to starting spots and just shrugging at competition. At least on the offensive line, I don't think we're going to dictate who starts. Now, if John Sullivan's healthy, of course, he's going to get every opportunity to take over that spot, but he has to prove he's healthy. Uh, Matt Khalil has to prove he's still the best left tackle on this team to take that spot back, or to, to keep that spot, excuse me. And Brandon Fusco is going to have to do the same at, le- have to do the same at left guard. Zolgad's hoodie wants to know, should the Vikings offer Munderlin a contract extension? Why would you let him test the market when he is the top when he is a top slot cornerback? Captain Munderland is entering the final year of a three million dollar deal, and you are going to have to get captain, which it might be easier after an eleven and five season and division title. You're going to have to get captain to agree to a contract extension because if you remember two years ago when captain agreed to this three year deal in free agency, he only agreed to a three year deal because he wanted to hit free agency again when he was uh, under the age of thirty. That's smart. Uh, you're, he's betting on himself by doing that, clearly. Uh, he wanted to get two free agency contracts in his, quote, prime. Now, does Captain want to continue thinking he's going to be ascending here, bet on himself again, and hit the market next year? That's something you have to think about. If you're just the Vikings, you're thinking, yeah, I, I, you probably want to lock up your slot corner for a couple more years. Uh, but if you're Captain, you're thinking, ah, I might be able to get a good chunk of money here. Uh next spring, especially if I play as well as I did last year for a team that could contend for a Super Bowl. Uh, I knew I do know that Captain likes it here, uh, obviously likes the competitiveness on this team. Uh, I think he's warmed up to Mike Zimmer, um, and winning cures everything. So uh, he very well could play out his deal this year, and the Vikings could bring him an offer, and he could want to stay here. Uh, that's also a course of action. I actually do not see them extending him before next season because uh, I think Captain wants to bet on himself. Yinka wants to know, what are the pros and cons uh, for Bridgewater operating out of a gun slash pistol and under center? Well, unlike Brad Childress, I'm not a spread game analyst. uh, So I can't really break that down to you. Complete X's and O's. Um, I'm not going to try and step over my bounds and tell you something I really don't know. Um, but what I do know is that Teddy Bridgewater thrived uh, in a spread offense his rookie year toward uh, more of a shotgun spread offense uh, toward the end of his rookie year. Uh, that's really what earned him that fan-voted Rookie of the Year award, uh, how well he played toward the end of that year. And he struggled uh, doing the seven-step drops uh, behind a bad offensive line, under center, uh, all the play action that he had to do. Um, to my understanding, Teddy Bridgewater wants to see more things in front of him uh, that's something he tried to express to uh, the coaches last year. Uh, he likes to get the ball out a lot quicker. He doesn't like to test protections as much when he knows his offensive line is not that great. Uh, what form does that take? I think Teddy's just fine with under center if they fix the offensive line. Uh, I think Teddy knows, and he's smart enough, he wants to play to a teammate's strength, strength like Adrian Peterson, who does really, really well under center and has for years. So if they can fix the offensive line, I think that'll help Teddy go a long way. Now, the Vikings added Tony Sperano. They added Pat Shermer, and Mike Zimmer said it last week at the Combine. He expects both of those guys to help Teddy with different aspects of his game. Uh, Pat having history in a West Coast offense and out of the shotgun, and Tony having more experience with quarterbacks under center. He wants both of those guys to help Teddy Bridgewater. He wants this to be a collaborative effort from the coaches to help uh, bring out the best in his quarterback. 
I still think that's out of the shotgun. Now, a popular fix-it is pistol. People think, well, just just put them in the pistol, but meet them halfway. Uh, that's still asking both players to come a certain direction. And they did that a little bit last year, and it didn't work. Uh, I believe we chalked up some of Adrian's uh, tr- just tracking them. You, ch- you chalk up some of Adrian's shotgun carries and pistol carries, and they came out to be about the exact same production, which wasn't good, or down at least from his under-center under production. So I don't think that's just a fix-it thing. Uh, I think they need to, they're trying to find a way to package this offense together so it's not so predictable. And that means when you get in first down under center, you're not obviously running it. Or you get in first down in shotgun, you're not obviously throwing it. And that's how this offense was last year. At least that's how Mike Zimmer felt. So they're trying to find a way to make this less predictable. That means can Adrian Peterson uh, thrive out of the shotgun or can Teddy Bridgewater thrive under center? Uh, and I believe Teddy Bridgewater thriving under center is a more um, likable option uh, for them. But I think eventually when Adrian's gone, this will be a shotgun offense uh, with Teddy Bridgewater. How is that going to manifest itself with Adrian still here? That we have to remain, we have to wait and see about that. The tweetiest chances are Matt Khalil gets cut and replaced with a free agent or a high draft pick. Uh, I don't see the Vikings cutting a fourth overall pick, even if it is to save eleven million dollars, just to turn around and spend a later round pick on what would be their hopeful replacement. Um, I, I don't see that happening. I think the Vikings want to give Khalil a fifth year to see what he can do, and they would be glad. I think they would be glad to pay him next year if he deserves it. Now, that's a big if. Uh, he's had a couple down years, uh, three down years basically, but last year he played better with healthier knees. He still wasn't up to par of what he should be uh, and what his fourth overall draft status commands. Uh, and I certainly don't see them cutting him to replace him with a free agent. Uh, like we just went over Russell Okung. Um, who else? Um, I, I don't see them bringing in, uh, Andre Smith, I think was an option I'd brought up. I don't see them bringing in uh, a big name tackle to try and, uh, fix their left tackle situation. I think they want it to be Matt Khalil and they want to give him one more year to prove it. So Gads Hoodie again wants to know if you were the Vikings GM, would you cut or trade Adrian for a running back who might fit the offense better? referencing guys like Lamar Miller, Chris Ivory. I don't know how much Chris Ivory would fit this better. Uh, I think Lamar Miller is a good one. Um, I don't see them cutting Adrian at all. I certainly don't see that happening. Uh, If they didn't do it last year, they're not going to do it at all, um, before next year anyway, Um, depending on if they can uh, restructure that deal beyond this year or if they want him to stay here. Trading him is another uh, bugaboo in my opinion because – even though he had the season he had last year, becoming just the third running back in history uh, over the age of 30 to claim a rushing title, uh, the fashion in which he did it, it took a lot. He took a lot of hits last year, man. He he uh, led the he had 39 more carries than any other running back in the NFL. Took a lot of hits, put even more wear on his tires. I don't think his value, the way the NFL projects running backs, I don't think his value is any higher than it was last year, and it, I think it's lower than it was last year. Um, Sometimes the unknown can be your greatest um, benefactor. Derek wants to know, what's the likelihood of us bringing George Iloka, Vincent Ray, or Marvin Jones from Cincinnati? Uh, went over it. I think the George Iloka thing is very much possible. Um, Vincent Ray is an interesting one. They need linebacker depth. He's a guy that's shown he doesn't need to start to contribute, and the Vikings are looking for those kinds of guys. I believe Ray's also only 28, 29 years old. 
Uh, Marvin Jones, I don't see it. Uh, I don't see them bringing in another middling receiver uh, when they are already fat in the middle of that position. They need a top-flight guy. They need somebody who can come in and be a bona fide number one. Um, and I don't think Marvin Jones is that guy, and I don't think that guy's available in free agency this year. Final question from Dylan. Do you think Derrick Henry could be there in the second round with Adrian Peterson probably out the door next year? Uh, it could be a good replacement, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the Vikings have the, I believe it's the 54th overall selection in the second round. I don't see Derrick Henry falling that far, especially when you saw what Todd Gurley was able to do last year uh, coming off his injury. Uh, Derrick Henry is healthy and uh, impressed a lot of people in Indianapolis at the Combine. There might not be a first-round running back this year, but I don't see him lasting to 54th overall to the Vikings, nor do I see them using a second-round pick on a running back. Um, I think some people have brought up, well, nobody expected them to go after Adrian Peterson when they had Chester Taylor. Um, let's not compare that apple to that kiwi. That that doesn't make any sense. Um, Adrian Peterson's a once-in-a-generational talent who, yes, is, has struggled with his fit into this offense and his fumbling problems, um, but he's still the most valued player in this organization, this side of Teddy Bridgewater. And he is going to be on this team uh, for at least next year. And I don't expect them drafting a future number one running back in the second round this year to take his place, especially when Jarek McKinnon showed 8.1 yards per touch in the last four games last year and showed he could really do a lot, I think, with a little bit more work. Um, I don't know if Jarrett can be a three down back moving forward, but he's a guy that I think they want to get a lot more involved and adding a high value draft pick to that mix doesn't make much sense. All right, guys, I want to thank you for joining me on this episode of the Purple Podcast. I hope it went well um, with just me riding solo. I want you guys to check it out if you haven't on Podcast One. Podcast One is one of the biggest rising sports, uh, or not sports, podcast networks that includes a lot of sports podcasts. Uh, I believe Shaq's is on there. Ours is on there, obviously. Um, and I think we're up there with Snooky as well. So if you guys want to check that out, go on to podcast1.com, download the app. You'll get our podcast and many more. Uh, don't forget, too, to go on to iTunes, subscribe, leave us a review, and check it out on 1500ESPN.com.